0: Okay, this is chapter five and it's on radiation and spectra, and this is because everything we see in the universe is coming to us in the form of light. So you have to understand a little bit about the science of light in order to understand the pictures we're taking and how we can determine the stuff we determine uh, from our telescope measurements. Uh, okay, so um, light is um, a, an object, it's a phenomena, Um, and we use the word radiation to describe it. And radiation is just the light that's emitted or the energy that's emitted by an object. And um, when we measure that radiation, we can actually learn about what uh, created it. And so that's this whole uh, chapter is about this. So Maxwell, it talks about Maxwell um, and the theory of electromagnetism. So if you have uh, a charged uh, object, and it moves, it's going to generate um, electromagnetic radiation, and that's what we call light. So light is the result of charges moving. And so if we can uh, determine the the motion of a charge, we can see the light coming from it, we can determine what charge generated that light. So by determining the color of the light that we see coming off an object, then we can... Um, uh, measure what that is. So we call this electromagnetic radiation. Um, so light has a characteristic like a wave. Um, uh, in Figure 5.3, there's a frog ribbiting in the um, ribbit, ribbit in the lake, and you can see the waves being emanated because um, as he expands his chest and pulls it in, there's a, a difference in the push and the pull, and the push and the pull, and that leads to these ripples um, at a at a specific uh, frequency. Um, So, electromagnetic radiation is the same, the charges are wiggling just like the frog is riveting, and that's creating this electromagnetic uh, radiation. So it's got uh, properties like wavelength, and amplitude, and frequency, and um, uh, this chapter is trying to describe what those are, and there's a relationship here, c is lambda f. Um, And basically, we started to realize that a wave of light is basically composed of countless numbers of individual photons. So it's like people in a wave pool, you don't end up leaving the wave pool, you just go up and down. And so the wave passes through you and moves you up and down. That's basically, you can think of a a light wave as composed of the um, combined efforts of many, many, many individual photons end up creating a wave-like behavior, just like in a wave pool, instead of considering the people in the wave pool, consider the individual molecules of water Um, all behaving together, giving this uh, sense of a a wave. Um, So the propagation of light then, light moves at the speed of light, like we said. It decreases in brightness. As it moves, it spreads out into space. Um, So there's a relationship between the apparent brightness of an object and how far away it is. So there's also an inverse square law, just like for gravity. So we can actually measure the light coming from a star and then Um, calibrate that and calculate how uh, far away that star is in order to only be that bright. So this is a way for us to determine how far away some stars are by measuring how bright they are and then uh, estimating how much light they should be uh, emitting. Uh, So the electromagnetic spectrum now in 5.2 is really important to understand. Uh, you need to know these in general. So the uh, gamma rays are the highest energy photons. X-rays are the next highest. Those pass right through you. They might knock an electron off of you and give you cancer if you get enough of these things in you. So it's good that, as you can see in this diagram, they do not make it to the ground. The atmosphere absorbs them. So the, our Earth's atmosphere protects us from these uh uh, short wave uh, and X rays, gamma rays, and UV radiation. Some UV does get to the ground, as you can see, and that's what is responsible for making us uh, look healthy and tan, um, but too much of that can be a bad thing. The visible band there is Ray G. Biv, the red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, blue, violet, uh, uh, blue, indigo, violet uh, bands of light that make up the rainbow. That's what we can see with our eyes. And then you've got infrared, microwave, radio. Radio and microwave—that's uh, Wi-Fi signals, um, radio signals, AM, FM, um, CB radio, all that kind of stuff. That's all in the longer uh, wavelengths. So if you look at this chart, make sure you're comfortable with these um, different labels for this type of energy, and also to realize that the light you're seeing with your eyes is the same physical phenomena as the as the light that your Wi-Fi antenna is emitting and seeing and using to uh, download uh, funny cat pictures, okay? So, um, all of these things, the infrared energy, the heat from the sun is the same as the visible light that you're seeing that blinds you, um, and the same as the microwaves that heat the food in your microwave oven. All of that is the same underlying phenomena explained by Maxwell's equations. Um, and so on, so, if we keep going there 's UV light, visible light, infrared, microwave. The point is that if we build detectors to look at each of these different types of energy they 're all generated by different underlying physical processes, like a wi fi antenna we 've got to oscillate um, you know electrons on an antenna to generate those waves, and then we need another antenna to see them. So just make sure you 're understanding that um, these different types of energies are created from different processes. And by studying them, we can figure out what objects created them, whether there's a microwave oven out in space somewhere generating these microwaves, or a black hole shooting out gamma rays and x-rays towards us. Um, So anyway, just know this table 5.1, and then you can see here typical sources of these types of radiation. Um, You've got uh, gamma rays produced by black holes or very high energy processes, x-rays, from supernova remnants or um, ultraviolet from very hot stars, visible from regular stars, infrared from uh, cool clouds of dust and gas and so on. So that's pretty cool to, so just make sure you know generally how these things um, work. Uh, Radiation and temperature, there's something called a black body. This is really important for understanding why a star is yellow versus blue versus red. Um, And what this is, For figure 5.8, this is something you have to know, so make sure you pay attention to this. The color of a star is determined by its temperature, and that's what this chart is trying to show you. A 5,500 Kelvin star is gonna be blue. A 4,400 Kelvin star is gonna be green. A 3,400 Kelvin star is gonna appear yellow. A 2,500 Kelvin star is gonna appear red. And this is just um, an important thing that we realized, that we understand, kelvin is a unit of temperature like fahrenheit or celsius uh, but it's a mathematical one so wien's law here is that relationship between the temperature and the maximum wavelength which gives you the is a, allows you to predict the color of a of a star and so if you get the color of a star you automatically know its temperature so that's kind of a major deal for our ability to study the universe and that's related to the stefan boltzmann law that you don't have to know um, but that's just uh, a really nice result Okay, um, 5.3. So since, if we go to image five, figure 5.9, you can see white light hitting a prism and Newton realized that this will split it up into a rainbow of colors. And this is because of something called uh, refraction and the light gets split up and we can see the component colors of the light. So if you put white light in, you get a rainbow. But if you put light from hydrogen in, you get a different fingerprint of light coming off of it and that's uh, called spectroscopy, is the study of looking at what light is made out of what colors. Um, So if you look at figure 5.11, this is the spectrum from the sun, and you can see it's almost a perfect rainbow. There's colors emitted in every spectrum, red, orange, yellow, but there's some dark areas missing, and uh, those missing areas are caused by absorption bands um, where uh, the atmosphere of the sun, or stuff between the Earth and the sun and the atmosphere uh, is absorbing um, those colors. So, this is a, a really interesting uh, thing. So, just make sure you're this chapter you really have to understand um, because it's really important as a foundation for everything else we do um, to know how this works. So, you can see in figure 512, every atom on the periodic table of elements has its own fingerprint, its own spectral fingerprint. So, sodium. Uh, those street lights that are yellow everywhere, those are called sodium lamps, and that's because they emit mostly in the yellow. And you can see in in this picture, it's all black except for those yellow lines, and there's a little bit of a blue line, but that's why they mostly look yellow. Hydrogen kind of looks like a purple-pink color, and that's because it's emitting in the blue and the violet and the red, and red and blue together creates this sort of uh, pinky color. And then calcium, you can see it's sort of all these colors, so this would be closer to a white color, And then mercury, uh, similar, it's a a little bit bluer color, but close to white. And these mercury lamps are what, um, in most uh, fluorescent light bulbs, you have mercury in there because it's close to white, but it's a little bit blue. Sometimes people say it looks too much like a hospital. They're harsh lights, Um, so we we sometimes have to warm them up to get um, special colors. Nowadays, we use LEDs, and we can get basically any color you want. Um, okay, so then the types of spectra this you have to understand so read about this the continuous spectrum versus an absorption spectrum versus an emission spectrum, so just make sure you read that cl- closely and understand what that 's uh, talking about so figure five point four um, basically by doing spectroscopy, we can actually um, get the structure of an atom coming out uh, from how everything's going so Um, The electron jumping around in energy levels is uh, how we determined how spectroscopy sort of works. That gives us, by looking at the colors, it tells us the electron structure of the atom that we're looking at, and that's how we can determine what atom we're looking at um, because those electrons, uh, the structure of that atom is, uh, and the electrons around the atom is dependent on the number of protons in the nucleus. Um, So just make sure you know what uh, an atom is how we talk about it with a proton and electrons orbiting it, and then um, just kind of read about the difference between a uh, uh, a an atom and an isotope of of an atom. So basically, the periodic table of elements, those numbers one, two, three, four, five, that refers to the number of protons in the nucleus. If you have one proton and then you add a neutron, you get an isotope. If you add another neutron, it's still hydrogen. For example, if there's only one proton. Um, but if you keep adding neutrons, then you can get the same. It's still hydrogen, but it has more neutrons than uh, a regular vanilla um, hydrogen atom. Um, so isotopes of the atom mean they have the same um, uh, number of protons, but you're, you're changing the number of neutrons in them. So the proton is what determines what the atom is called. Um, so, for example, in 5.17, hydrogen is a proton and electron. Deuterium is called heavy you know, if you have heavy water, um, like in a nuclear power plant, heavy water is, is neutron-enriched. So you're going to have a, uh, a, a proton and, uh, and a neutron with an electron. And then tritium is still one proton, so it's still hydrogen, but it's got two neutrons in there, and that makes it uh, tritium. Uh, the bohr atom, you can kind of read about this um, a little bit if you want and then the 5.5 the formation of spectral lines this is again you should read this to understand how this works but um, Bohr's atom says that the electrons are in different orbits and when electrons jump between orbits they can only go in specific energy states and so this is why every atom has its own fingerprints so again make sure you know the difference between the ground state and an excited state and how this jumps around to give you uh, the different energies of the atoms okay five point, figure 5.21 the different kinds of spectra here uh, again we talked about you need to know the difference between an absorption spectra an emission spectra and a continuous spectra so this 5.21 are showing how those uh spectra where they come from so uh, a continuous spectrum would be a hot object a black body like a star it emits almost every color it could pass through a cloud of cool gas and, and heat up that gas, and the gas could emit Uh, Lines, and those would be the bright line spectrum down there, or it could absorb some of the light as it passes through the the gas and then you get this um, spectrum with the dark lines missing because the cloud of gas absorbed those two things. So either with the spectrum, the continuous spectrum with the dark lines or the bright line spectrum, we can determine what the cloud of gas is made out of from either of those two uh, spectra. Um, okay, so then the Doppler effect, this is a really important effect to understand, too. And this is basically the, uh, when a car passes you, it goes from a high pitch to a lower pitch and that's because the uh, appearance of any sort of radiation or sound or anything is dependent on the relative motion of the observer compared to the uh, person emitting the waves. And that just has to do with our, that's a perception issue because of the way we perceive um, waves hitting us um, and using that to determine the, uh, the color and everything. So you should know what the Doppler shift is a little bit. You don't have to calculate anything, but you should know what that is in general. Um, and that's the end of chapter, um, five.